This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Matt and Patrick here. The uh, Patrick, uh, have you gone to the state fair yet? Did you get out yesterday or earlier today at all? I did not. I was busy uh, yesterday with some uh, sports stuff. I'm tentatively looking at Sunday, possibly for heading out. You might go out there Sunday. I, I've they everyone now. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a gimmick thing that they do, but everyone now has put out their list of the foods you need to try. That that are the best and then to the worst. Um, and surprisingly enough, pretty much no one has picked the Ludafisk thing as the worst, which is kind of to a, a, I have to admit, I'm a little surprised by that because I thought that would be. Yeah, that would be the one that I, I, I would pegged. Uh, they say it's it's not the worst thing. It's not necessarily high, ranked highly on anyone's list. The. Um, well, what was it called here? The, the, uh, oh god, the lutefisk with it's it's on a on a bun. Would you try that? I don't think I'm that interested in trying that. It is the crispy lutefisk steam bun, and the the guys are bringing the news. We had to try it, and we did not like it. But it wasn't the worst. Nor on Star Tribune. When they did theirs, it was it wasn't the worst there either. They said that the one that the 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 it's interesting because they all have their own favorites, but there are ones that I notice that cross over that are top kind of part of the top. Um, the bring me the news guy said the basil hummus with spicy walnut topping. Now that does sound. I'm not going to deny that does sound. Uh, you know, very possible as uh, something that's going to visit my system at some point here in the next few. <laughs> <laughs> next few days here it's something i i'm i'm not going to deny i i love i love good hummus man i think deli- oh it's delicious for sure uh so there's that um the guys at the star tribune they picked that that farmer's berry crumble uh it's it's basically it's basically looks like a, a little kind of little oat streusel that's their favorite one um the the the, the guys at axios they did. Let's see. They they they're considerate. Let's see. Where's their top here? Get it. They they have the mini dough uh, cookie dough pie from mini mini apple pie. I've actually seen that one rank quite a bit. The galabao from the galabao from the uh, Union Mung Kitchen uh, also that ranks it a lot. I've discovered something that's interesting. Two of the ones that show up high on these lists are at the same place. And I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> See if you can follow my idea here. Uh, where is where's the the one thing? It first one is the deep fried green tomato sandwich. That looks yeah, that looks something to to call home about. Um, that one got a pretty good rating. The other one was oh god, what it was like a sweet corn Danish that looked amazing. Um, here it is. The Minnesota Sweet Corn Danish. That's what it is. It's, uh, and it's a, both these are the Minnesota Farmers Union Coffee Shop. So I'm, and that's right by the DFL booth. That's where I'm going. 
I, I got to try. And the nice thing about that is you can get both at the same time and then split with someone. You know, you're going to go, go with, you can both try two of the, the ones that are going to go there. Um, they look both pretty good. Everyone keeps talking the pickle stuff. You know, the, the one that seems to show up on a lot of people's list as one of the best ones is the pickle um, popsicle, the dill pickle popsicle. Um, the, the, the pickle pop is they're calling it refreshing, like sweet relish turned into a summery treat. I, well, do I really want to, when I go to go like the, the a baseball game and there's a hot dog stand there and they've got ketchup and mustard and relish, do I ever say to myself, you know, what would be good right now. A bowl of relish. No, I, I don't, I don't say that. I'm not going to lie. My social media was still chock full of the pickle pizza, even though that was introduced last year. And I and okay, I want to warn everyone. Okay, if you're going to do this, have good pickles, have good pizza. The pizza was very average. I mean, very average pizza. I mean, the crust was not really that great. The cheese wasn't really that great. And then the pickles weren't really that great. And I did it last year, and I was like, you know, no, this is not, no, no, no. It's it, it was more of a miss than a hit. Um, the what was the other one here? The the car, boozy salted caramel milkshake. I don't I don't drink, so I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, the guys over at Bring Me the News also said of the stuff that you should try um, the fried green tomato sandwich, which looks amazing. And I I'm a big fan of those, man. I I, I you know I'm, I'm a little bit of a southern boy now with that. I'm not going to deny. That the uh, the pickle lemonade, kind of big dill pickle lemonade at Nordic Waffles. It's six bucks for a glass. Mm, I, no, I don't. I, I'm just, I can't bring myself to do that. Uh, the lemonade sorbet. That's the one that they're serving in the half of a lemon. Here's my problem with that. A lemon's not a big fruit. So this is, you're, you know, it's, you're not getting a lot of it. It's five bucks and you're just basically getting one scoopful. Is that value? Is that value state fair? I don't think it is. Now, if you're hollowing out like a a cantaloupe, now we're talking. Now, yeah, 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 there we go. If it's the size of one of the still one of the greatest things about uh, about baseball is food served in helmets. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Um, Yeah, the crispy Ludafist steam bun. It's not the worst rated one. What was the? What was? uh, Should I call out? I don't necessarily. Want to rain on anyone's parade because I imagine they're not too happy about this. But yeah, here it is. The worst thing on the Star Tribunes was the Scottish sausage with taties. And the the problem is the mustard has got a really unpleasant yellow quality to it. Now, I like British food, but even they say it's it's instant, instant mashed potatoes, so that's not very good. Uh, the fried butternut squash ravioli doesn't rank very well. I've seen a lot of people kind of put that one low down on the list. Um, the 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 churros uh, with ice cream also doesn't rank very well. Um, but yeah, I think you you just got you got to go try what you want. The other one too that this one's the mixed bag. It's the fruit cereal milk biscuit. I don't know. I, I really sweet stuff. I'm not a big big fan of. When I'm out there, I like spicy. I like I like I like the dill pickle booth. I like just getting a big dill pickle. Uh, I like gyros with especially raw onions. I know, just okay. No kisses for you, but I do love them. And so I've got my I've got my favorites. I'm going to hit up there, 
And if I do want something sweet, you know what I always get? I always go get that strawberry shortcake. You know what I'm talking about? They got the, the, the bun, they cut it in half, lots of whipped cream, lots of strawberries. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's a solid mm-hmm. endeavor right mm-hmm. there. Yep. Although there's a place over kind of by there up on top of Machinery Hill, kind of by the Ferris wheel, that apparently has a apple pie sort of combo, which that looks really good. It's time, man. Yeah, apples are coming in. It's it's one of my favorite things of the year. You know me and food. That's just I'm a I'm a very base individual. I I'm I'm easy to understand. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. So I want to start you off here, and I'm probably gonna go for a little while on this one. So just buckle up. Right now, in this country. There are a there is a group of people who want to install their choice as the president of the United States. They don't really care about the democratic process. They don't care about the rules. They just want to install their person as the president because they keep insisting, you know what? It will be so much better if we just put them in charge. Their belief when you when you're trying to talk to these people, the belief they have, and you you bring up points like you know, well, you're still going to have to work a little bit with the other side of the aisle. You do understand this. This is not something you're just going to be able to jam this down people's throats. The first thing that they say is, is well, what we'll do is we we'll, we'll fix that Supreme Court so it will rule with us. And then we'll just super. We'll just go around the, the 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 Congress, and we'll just do whatever we want, and we'll put our agenda, and things will be much better, and everyone will be praising us, and rainbows and puppy dogs and bop 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 bop. Now, if I told you, you know, or asked you who guess who this is, you'd obviously a lot of people would say, well, it's these these MAGA Republicans. Ah, twist, twist. This is actually something I am starting – I hear more and more from the Democrats, particularly Bernie supporters still bitter, still angry from 2016. And I don't quite know what to do with you guys, but I've had it with you guys. I've absolutely had it with you guys in your self-righteous fakery, which by the way – that 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 scenario I just put forward is kind of what they want to do. They want to do what the MAGA guys want to do, only want to do it with the liberal, and they basically say, and I will be perfect. Yeah, outside of the fact that you're forsaking democracy. Last week, I talked at length about the idealist quality of the left, and I was talking about it in regards to the idea of taking Interstate 94 – and turning it into a boulevard, and whereas there are indeed some things, hey, I've got, I, I am not a moderate Democrat. I'm going to make sure we say this. Although I'm sure at the end of this, I'm going to be accused of being you're no better than a Republican, man. You know, screw you. Anyway, you can tell I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. I, uh, I, I I am a bit of an idealist myself. I place myself on the Democratic spectrum as kind of an Al Gore centrist Democrat. I'm, I liked Paul Wellstone. He was a little more progressive at times than I liked. I like Barack Obama. He was a little more moderate than I liked. 
I the only Democrats I'm not really big fans of are Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin because I think that frankly they are more moderate Republicans who basically you know they couldn't win their party primary so they became Democrats and then basically sided with the Republicans most of the time and I felt the same way about Colin Peterson uh, up in the Minnesota Seventh District but the reality is is that this is kind of you know I I'm I'm kind of more in the center. I do have – that means I do have a little bit of this idealist quality. I, I do believe that we can have a better world. And there are some issues I indeed am more on the progressive side of the party, such as single-payer health care system. Completely agree. I think it's, it's long overdue. Long overdue. Long overdue. And I've talked about the numerous times I saw a, a socialist medical system in Europe set up that basically was fantastic. And like, okay, yeah, why aren't we doing this? Doctors and nurses still get paid good money. Um, the people get taken care of at an affordable rate. Win, 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 win across the board. I also at times agree with more moderate stances. I am, of course, U.S. Army veteran, so I believe in the military and I believe that the we should be supporting the military troops because the reality is the freedoms that we have that we we claim claim to embrace. You know, they have the ideas that of, of the Constitution. We we owe a lot of that to the U.S. military because it's the most badass military on the planet, and. I mean, it's interesting to watch what's going on in Ukraine and just getting a few of our planes is a huge advantage over even the Russians because our technology and our equipment is just so much better. And a lot of that that safety comes from the U.S. military. That's why, by the way, I'm a big fan of why why I feel as if the wealthiest people on the planet should indeed be paying their fair share. Because they would not be able to have the money that they have if they lived in any other country. So the fact that they're stashing their cash in foreign markets really annihil- it, you know, angers me. And, and I think that we should go you know, get that money because they're, they're, they're stealing from the American public for the safety and security that they depend on. And not only that, but concerning the millionaire or billionaire, they're probably getting massive amounts of tax handouts anyway on top of it to help out their corporation, their business, their private ranch, wherever the freaking heck they are. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm I, I have a, I'm kind of a centrist, I think, within the Democratic Party and the DFL party. And but at the same time, I am there are some things I agree with on the progressive side, some things I agree with on the moderate side. I do not have tolerance this, this morning. I, I was on Twitter. I was on the, the, the Twitter machine. And no, I'm not going. No, I'm not going. No, it's not. No, it's Twitter. I'm not going to pander to a far-right nutbag. The, I, I talked about um, specifically one issue, and this was this, this idea that I keep hearing from Republicans, which this fantasy that Trump got a mugshot. Now he's guaranteed re-election. Uh, it's the most it, – it really is. It is – for the Republicans, it's the most graspiest of graspiest of straws argument that they can make. You know, it's just they're desperate to not have to admit their boy is scum. And once again, I want to make sure we understand we are living in really freaking historic times right now that there are going to be books and novels written about this era from Barack Obama to to, to Joe Biden – 
and and the charges against Trump, a president, a, a former president, and the front runner for the Republican Party nomination, basically being charged and arrested and getting a mug shot and having to post bail. This has never happened before. And he's got this in Atlanta. He's got the Mar-a-Lago document cases where now they've got a guy down there flipping on him. You got the, 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 the danger of that, that case in, in, in DC plus New York going on out there. He's screwed. And yet he could still win the nomination in the, the, the election if Democrats don't show up. And I want to repeat that because this is where my anger comes in. We learned a lesson in 2016 that if you don't take things seriously, bad things happen. And there was a monumental level of freaking stupidity that ran amok within the Democratic Party in 2016 because I kept saying, how in the hell is this guy? I mean, it's Donald Trump. I mean, he, he said he was going to rape his, 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 this woman, a married woman. He was going to say it on a bus. He said this. He said this. This was, he mocked a disabled man. And, and, a big reason why he won is that not only did Republicans look at that and th- see see virtue in those things, but because the Democrats just didn't show up and they just didn't. And they were very proud of that. And a lot of them say because they felt their guy was screwed. And that the lingering sentiment from that element of the Democratic Party is still alive today. And I'm going to say it. It's still pathetic. You're pathetic people that just need to get a freaking grip. Okay? Like I said, you can see where I'm going here because I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this charade. I'm tired of this, oh, well, I didn't get my way, so I'm taking my toys and going home. Bullcrap that has hampered the Democrats. You finally have the youthful generation on board, and you can't help but basically trying to start shooting yourselves in the damn foot. Well, I'm playing for freaking keeps here because I've seen the nightmare that can happen when you get an incompetent boob in the White House. And as you guys sit around and start, well, he's not what I want. They fixed it. Shut up. You're pathetic losers. Shut up. And I'm tired of you. I'm tired of you. I've tried to talk to you like a rational adult here for almost eight years. And they can't talk to you because you know so much better. No, you don't. You're just sore losers and part of you are no better than the MAGA crowd. You're no better than them. And I'll explain more when I come on back. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. The Progressive Voice of Minnesota, The Matt McNeil Show. As you can tell, I'm a little fired up. So I post that post this morning, and immediately I get this response from one of the people. If the DNC felt like being useful for a change, they would run a real progressive instead of trotting out just another array of useless moderates or sacrificing 82-year-old Joe Biden to die in office. Now's the time to take advantage of the broken GOP. Blah, 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 blah. Then got the response, they'd rather risk ru- losing, because <laughs> that's exactly what the Democrat Party is trying to do. They're trying to lose. 
Don't get me wrong. They have had some stellar moments here. I mean, Iowa Democrats there, but no. Then they went on to add, there wasn't any conflict in 2016. The superdelegates took care of that. It's not the DNC's job to force certain nominations, but they did it in 2016, causing President Trump to happen in the first place. They did it again in 2020 when they got everyone to drop out but Joe. They do it all the time. I'll vote for Joe again, but that's a wasted opportunity. No, 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 no. First of all, okay, first of all, I'll get the Joe Biden stuff out of the way. Joe Biden's been a freaking phenomenal president. He's not as moderate as Clinton or Obama. He's a little bit more, I think, towards the Al Gore traditional Democrats than the other ones are. Uh, he does. He, I mean, God, I mean, the, the whole thing, even okay, even after the Republicans took over and they tried the debt ceiling, he absolutely schooled those clowns. He absolutely schooled them. His first two years in office are probably the most successful first two years in office since FDR and might even be more impressive than what FDR did. I mean, we might be going back to James K. Polk. And if you haven't read about Polk, Polk, a wildly underrated president, still, yes, tolerated the slavery, a, a big uh, you know X against his record. But when you look at all the things he got done in the four years, he wanted only to be a one-term president. Polk only wanted to be a one-term president. If you look at what he got done in four years, it is pretty astounding what he's gotten accomplished. That being said, still, legacy, you can criticize him. I'm not going to get in the way of that, but still, I mean – Joe Biden had an amazing two years. If he's got a health issue, you know, I don't I mean, and, and I'm not just talking his age because we don't have a, a restriction on age. Fine. I would hope that he'd be honest and let people know. I mean, as opposed to he's going to die in office. He's sacrificing. No. I'm I'm befi- I'm behind Joe Biden. So far, no one else is running the thing. Uh, decide they're going to run. Joe Biden's been successful. I don't he, – he's not been 100% what you like. That's fine. But he's been far more successful considering what he's had to face, the mansion cinema crap plus the Republicans. Yeah. So I'm getting that out of the way right now. I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. This isn't really a question, is it? I mean, if there's another Democrat that wants to run, that's the process. They can do so. Make your argument. But I'm voting the DFL Democratic ticket. I'm voting the Democrats. This isn't a question, isn't it? Because I get the impression from this clown cars that are responding to me that once again, this is, oh, fine. I guess I will. Really? Fine? The guy who had his mugshot released yesterday, that guy. You, 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 just because you're throwing a personal little pity party because it's not exactly my candidate and they're not doing an agenda I've approved of, screw you. Man, when did you guys all become pathetic? All right, one more time with feeling. Let's revisit 2016 and understand exactly why Bernie Sanders didn't win in 2016 because as opposed to a lot of you guys who just want to sit out there and say they got it fixed, the reality is he made a massive mistake. I'm going back to a blog post from 2018 called Following the Rules, June 3rd, 2018 off Progressive Citizen X. I'm going to just read the first few paragraphs for you, okay? 
The reason Bernie Sanders lost the 2016 Democratic nomination process was not superdelegates. It wasn't. It was because Sanders did not take the southeastern states seriously. He didn't. Hillary Clinton walloped Bernie in Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana, Tennessee, South Carolina, Arkansas, Virginia, and North Carolina, all of whom had primaries prior to March 15th of that year. Clinton's delegate, not superdelegate lead, at just the delegate lead after those states alone was 640 to 332. If Bernie had campaigned seriously in those states, taking half the delegates, he probably would have been leading by a few delegates or at worst only trailing by 10 or so heading into April's New York and Pennsylvania contest and June's California and New Jersey battles. It is my belief Sanders would have won under such a scenario. Superdelegates didn't cost Sanders the nomination. His bad game plan did. When I brought this point up, Sanders supporters always say the same thing. Well, those states don't count because they go for the Republicans in general elections. Putting aside the tone-deaf nature of Democrats saying such a large swath of the United States just doesn't matter, an attitude which definitely played a role in Trump's victory, and by the way, Georgia, I tell these Sanders supporters their argument is irrelevant because those were the rules when the nomination process started. Sanders knew he had to compete in those states. He decided not to. That's on him. Do the math yourself. Seriously, I have. You haven't because you just don't want to accept the reality of what actually did happen. That Bernie Sanders should have taken the southeastern United States a little more seriously. He didn't. He lost. That simple. It's that simple. It was close, but it would it would have been close. But it wasn't because he didn't even really compete. Let's go to 2020 because apparently they forced Joe Biden on us. I said this even before South Carolina. If Biden's going to make a, or if Bernie Sanders is going to make a run out of it, he's got to do better in South Carolina. He did worse. And that's inexcusable. And if you're a Bernie fan or a progressive fan, you should be somewhat bothered by the fact that in four years, Bernie Sanders did not lay the groundwork for a better result in the southeastern United States because those were the rules and he just didn't. As a matter of fact, he got walloped so bad in South Carolina, that was the end of his campaign. He knew he couldn't compete because he was not going to be able to to win in the rest of the southeastern United States. Bernie Sanders wasn't betrayed by the Democrats. Bernie Sanders wasn't wasn't forced out of the race. Bernie Sanders screwed up. He screwed up in 2016 by not campaigning in the southeastern United States. And I know you might not like that, but I'm sorry the truth sucks. But that's what happened. I'm sorry the truth sucks, but that's what happened. And no, he didn't get forced out. His bad game plan in 2020 hurt him. But heaven forbid you bring this up. And of course, they always talk about Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. And I was like, I'll tell you what, I got a lot more to get to on this. Because once again, I want to put this to freaking bed. I want to put this to bed. I don't care if you do like Joe Biden or not. But all you have to say is this. As opposed to sit there and try to open up old wounds. Wounds that are just made up in your own freaking minds. Go out there and just say, I'm not stupid enough to allow the Republicans to get back in office again. I'm voting Democrat. End of story. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. More on this when I come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.
AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Having taken my heart blood pressure medication. Okay, let's continue. So my frustration is this, is that once again, we are dealing with people who feel as if they didn't win is somehow fake. We used to be a country of people that when we lost an election, we just, okay, well, I guess we have to try harder next time. Do you think I wanted to come into this studio on November 9th of 2016 and do a show? (laughs) I didn't want to do that for the life of me. Nope, I didn't. I did not want to have to come in here and say, yeah, he won. He won. And I remember not only the slam dunks, which, by the way, yeah, they, they, those didn't age poorly, uh, from Republicans about how the country was going to get so much better, but the amount of leftists, lefties, progressives, who basically were t- openly taunting, openly taunting, you should have gone with Bernie, you shouldn't have fixed the system. And it was actually after that that I said, okay, did they fix the system? And that's what led to the research that I, when I read that blog piece from 2018, which said, no, he didn't fix the system. He just, he lost. And we used to be a country that would accept that. I guess we lost fair and square. I guess we have to do this. But no, it's always, we're the freaking victim. Oh, we were robbed. We were robbed. We were robbed. No. He came close. He didn't pull it off. Hillary Clinton won. And I know that might hurt you down deep inside, but that's the truth. And the more you basically just sit there and continue with these lies and this this mentality of it was fixed, they drove him out, the super delegates, so they'd forced him out in 2020. No. He just he, he, you know, he went further than a progressive ever has gone, but he still fell short of getting the nomination. You used to be able to just say, hey, we'll try harder next time. Nope. And this is the problem that's both on the right and on the left. Look at look at the Republicans. They just couldn't accept losing. And they almost tried to pull an overthrow of the government. It's, you know, they went to further extremes, but it's no different than when I hear these progressives like, you need to put a progressive in there. No. I'm going to step back for a quick second. I want to talk about this. First of all, I hear a lot of people on the progressive side, they just say Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. They don't say anyone else. I don't know if they're talking about AOC. I don't know if they're talking about Ilhan Omar. I don't know who they're talking about. But I hear, you know, we need to put a progressive Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Well, if you're talking Bernie and you're going to complain about Joe Biden's age, come on, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's 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 no, that's that's you're undermining your own argument. Absolutely. Um, Both times, by the way, Bernie Sanders conceded and endorsed Hillary Clinton and then Joe Biden. Both times. The people that didn't were there. And you see, I can do it, too. I can remind you of something, too. But you see, is I don't need to make up a fake reality to basically keep my hatred uh, alive. I don't have to go out there and say, oh, well, he was robbed. I don't have to do that. I can just say, I can look at the numbers in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin of 
Democrats on the far left who sat home and did not vote in the election. And in those three states alone, it was enough to give the Republicans the win. So, yeah, you know, the progressive side of the party was and their pity party because because they were they were they were basically convinced they were right and that we should have installed Bernie Sanders, I guess. They basically sat home, and because of that, that's the main reason why we got Donald Trump. And they don't want to, they don't want you to talk about that, though. They don't want to talk about that, Matt. See, I don't have to make that up. Those are actual numbers. You can go look up those numbers yourself. That's called a reality. And it might hurt a little bit, but it, it doesn't hurt as much as this self-righteous, misguided smugness that you would have think what thought would have been wiped out with the third Supreme Court justice when you guys are saying there's no difference between Trump and Hillary Clinton. No difference at all. You pathetic fools. God. And because of that, in 2016, we are still dealing with the consequences of all this stuff today. And so, no, I don't have a lot of patience for when all of a sudden so-called Democrats, I'll begrudgingly vote for Biden. Screw you. Seriously. Are you that dumb? Are you that stupid? Are you that stubborn? I said this. Dean Phillips said we should have another person. Now, he decided not to run, but there were some questions on whether he was thinking about running. And I said this. I'd rather have Joe Biden than Dean Phillips. But if Dean Phillips was the nominee, guess what? I'm voting for him. That's not a question, is it? It's not. And you guys still want to keep trying to argue this win. You want to repl- – okay, Joe Biden's the incumbent. He's the incumbent president. We even, even with that, we have a process to challenge him if you want to. But you guys seem to have, like, where they're forcing Joe Biden down our throat. No, he's the incumbent president. Incumbent presidents, if they want to run, generally run again. You just don't, you, you guys are, you're taking the cowards out here because you just don't want to go on out there and find whoever this mythical candidate is and try to get them to run. You just want Joe Biden to step aside and the rest of the Democratic Party going, oh, we're so sorry. Who should we put in there? I mean, it's pathetic. If you really want to challenge him, go freaking challenge him. You can do that. And if whoever you put out there becomes a Democratic nominee, let me make sure I do this. I'm not going to go up on freaking Twitter and sit there and go, we we were robbed. But fine. Fine. I guess I'll vote for this. Shut up. Seriously. Shut up. I'll, I'll vote for him. Done. <laughs> Done. As I wrote in another blog piece, I'll take the Arby's beef and cheddar. I don't care. It's still better than a crap sandwich. Might not be the sandwich I want, but it's better than the crap sandwich that's Donald Trump. End of story. I'm not saying you have to be doing backflips and raise your Biden flag on your house. I'm not saying that. But just stop it. We should be a unified party. Have you seen the other side? Forget about Trump. Did you see the clown car show that they had on Wednesday night with their debate? 
denying climate change, saying they'd endorse Donald Trump. The mishmash on sure we're going to be anti, or we're going to we're we're going to have uh, you, know, uh, you know do as what we can to stop abortion. I mean, my God, you should all be saying, yeah, you know what, uh, you know, hey, I might not agree with Joe Biden, but if he's the nominee, I'm voting for him. You see, is I saw this all happen in 2016, actually starting in 2015, when I saw people who I thought were actual progressives. Sitting out there saying, well, I just can't stand Hillary Clinton. She's no better than Donald Trump. And what I didn't realize at the time was this was all manufactured. It was manufactured and dupes, especially when Bernie Sanders didn't get out there, a bunch of guys in Albania and Russia basically sat there and said, hey, you guys, you Bernie Sanders fans, boy, oh boy, what are you robbed by the superdelegates? Oh, I'd be upset. And you, because you wanted to say you were robbed, you didn't actually look at reality and say, well, maybe Bernie Sanders should have tried harder in the southeastern United States. Nope. You just basically went out there and said, yeah, we were robbed. And they played you like a fiddle. They played you like a fiddle. And, you, and they played you so damn well, you're still here today doing the stupid things. I'm sorry you got hurt. Ooh, boo-boo kitty. Do you need a kiss? I have no patience for it. I have no temperament for it. I have nothing for it. Because just like then, now that I know what I know, when I see anyone, including, because I got to tell you, there were people I was following for years that I thought were progressives who were actual plants. It was amazing. It was astounding. I couldn't believe the level of misinformation that was able to be generated. The, 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 I would rather stay home. Or excuse me. I would rather stay home at my house in Lenin. I mean, Madison and not vote this time around. And you guys go, yeah, because you, it wasn't about reality. Clearly it wasn't about reality for you. There was no question Hillary Clinton was a bar, far better candidate than Donald Trump. Not even close. Hillary Clinton beat Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders didn't take the southeastern United States seriously. Joe Biden beat Bernie Sanders because he got walloped in South Carolina and decided, I guess I, I just don't have the support I need. You sit there and all you do is complain and complain and complain. And at the same time, you, you're not offering any, say, anything suggestive, anything positive, anything. I mean, and that positive doesn't mean you have to be positive on Joe Biden. Just saying, you know what? Hey, you know what? Joe Biden, fine. He's president of the United States. Not my first choice, but I'm going to endorse this person here and I'm going to see if they can win. Fine. Fine. That's the system. Dean Phillips did that. And by the way, your, your argument that he's a far-right Democrat, <laughs> Dean Phillips, who's not – I mean, I've said this. I would prefer my candidates to agree with the Democratic Party platform more than, say, 70 percent. But even he is like, I don't want him there. It's time to get someone more moderate in the White House, he's someone younger, someone he agrees with more. So it's not exactly like you're getting Joe Manchin Jr. out there on the campaign trail. No. This is just 
it shows you the ability to brainwash people and that no matter what reality throws at them, they'll just sit there and they'll, they'll, they prefer, they prefer to feel as if the lie is the truth as opposed to accept the truth as the truth. And, and I just don't know what to do with you people anymore, but I got news for you. I've come up with a solution. I've come up with a plan to deal with this and I'm sorry I, you know, you, you, you may not like what I'm about to say to you, but it's going to be the truth. Because, and I'm going to, I'm going to advise everyone who's listening to me to do the same exact thing. I'll tell you when I come on back. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's Matt McNeil show. Okay, so here's where I am. I'm at right now. So what do I do if all of a sudden I start seeing with this election coming up, where once again the likely candidate for the Republican Party is going to be maybe not convicted at that point, but a man under trial in multiple jurisdictions for crimes that he has undeniably committed, that crimes he has freely admitted that he has done. I can't, we can't risk that. The damage that would be done, and he is not going to have a Mike Pence. He's going to make sure the next vice presidential candidate will indeed refuse to, to accept the, the election results and, and basically try to install him as lifetime president. So, for God's sakes, people, wake the F up. Get over your little pity parties. Get over your little, your little anger issues and vote for the Democrats. And if you want to challenge Joe Biden, there's a process to do that. And I will freely say, if your candidate wins, I'll gladly support them. But your whining and bitching are tired and old, and I'm sick of it. So here's how I'm going to look at you guys from now on. If I start seeing this crap, I start saying the Democrats are forcing Joe Biden on us for another. Nope. I'm going to presume one of two things because this is really what it is. I'm going to presume that you are like the MAGA crowd, only a left-leaning version of it, where you basically don't want democracy. You just want people to come to you and beg you for your choice and your platform. And you'll give it to them and everyone will be happy and we're going to march into the sunset arm and arm and we win the day. Yay! No, that's not how it works. You got to go to the primaries. You got to campaign in states. You got to go try. Good luck. That's the system. And so you either want to install someone as president, which means you're really no better than the MAGA crowd. Granted, they took it to an extreme over there, but you still want to 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 go to the bathroom on democracy itself so that you can basically feel good about yourself at the end of the day. Stop it. Or you're a troll. It's one of the two. It's one of the two. And because I have no longer any patience for your pathetic little pity parties on yourself, especially considering where we're at today. Well, you know what? I'm just going to block you. 
I'm going to block you and be done with you. And I want everyone out there, too. You start hearing that Joe Biden can't be president. He forced us down. Why did they go out there and hurt Bernie? If you see it, just start blocking. Hey, they're entitled to their freedom of speech. They can say whatever they want. I just don't want to hear it because I'm going to presume there's either an anti-democracy agenda or they're fake human beings trying to push that because they can't win. Donald Trump cannot win again unless a substantial amount of Democrats sit this out. And the game plan in 2015 and 2016 was to start to sow discourse early. So I've got zero tolerance for it. Minnesota, we have done an amazing job here. We gave ourselves the Democratic leadership that we needed to, and we have passed a truly Democratic, progressive agenda. DFL all over that. Governor Wall signed it, who is a moderate, had a lot of those bills, came out of committees where progressives were in charge of it, and we did really well. That's what happens when you elect Democrats. So don't look at me and act as if there's no hope for your future. Because of 2016, I have said this, 2018, 2020, 2022, 2024, 2026, 2028, 2030, or 2030, 2032, 2034, all of them. For a generation, you are voting. You have to. Because the only way that we can basically fix this country is to make sure that Democrats are in charge of it for decades to come. And here you already are, eight years later, and you're still, I'm not happy. Well, I don't effing care. Shut the F up. You're the problem, not the solution. I don't want to hear your belly aching. I don't want to hear your, oh, birdie. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear we're unified, and you know what? We'll take a challenge. Fine. But if they lose... Joe Biden's got my vote because there really isn't another option here, is there? There really isn't another choice here. I said this. He's not going to put Mike Pence on that as a vice president. He's going to put someone out there who's basically going to overthrow the government of the United States. And you can sit there and with your warm cup of herbal tea. Oh, oh, we showed those Democrats as our freedoms and rights are taken away more and more. Damn you all. I mean, seriously, damn you all, man. How much pain and suffering do we have to see at the hands of the Republicans for you to get off your asses and do the right damn thing? So stop your belly aching, or I'm just going to block you, because you know what? You're not worth my time. And if I can't tell whether or not you're a Russian troll, that should tell you a lot about yourself. Hour two, that's coming up next. Hour number two here on your Friday, Matt and Patrick here. Patrick, I know, it's kind of one of those things where there are people out there, Matt, Matt, that's too angry, I don't want to... Dude, I just, I don't, we cannot... We cannot risk this happening again. We can't. And so whenever I hear Democrats talk about, I had my feelings hurt and I don't like Joe Biden, I'm like, okay, okay. your other option on the side is better? Stop. Uh, So I I hope it wasn't too intense. No, it really wasn't. And I think it's a fair point because we are starting to get into the uh, 2024 election mode. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a lot of those, obviously Bernie Sanders won't 
be there, but you know, a lot of those overhanging issues are still going to be there. Yeah, and what I've said, I'm going to say this, and I think you heard me say this correct. You know, correct me if I've, I did not say this. If the progressives want to run a candidate against Joe Biden, there's a process to do that, right? You know, they can do so. And if that progressive wins the Democratic nomination over Joe Biden, I'll vote for him. That's that's everyone hears that, right? I mean, that's very clear. This is not a question. I don't I don't. This is not about blindly supporting anyone. But what it is, is don't start doing the Hillary stuff to Joe Biden, because the only way the Republicans can win is if a good chunk of the Democrats sit home. And so you just kind of push this this negative. It's a bad thing. Uh, what was the – Patrick, there is one thing that seems to have taken over social media from the booking photo and information released on uh, President, uh, former President Trump um, in regards to, to, to the information, personal information he released. Uh, have you seen the questions about his weight and height? I have, <laughs> yes. And uh, – it's still ambiguous if they think they could, those things are going to end up released. Uh, well, the, the reality is this: is they released this. This was his official sign-in. Was six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Now I'm going to just I'm just going to laugh my butt off because there was a guy in the military when I was in the military. He was like twenty two years old. He was six three. He was a horse. I think he was at two twenty. Is that Donald Trump? So uh, uh, he's not six foot three, five, uh, uh, 215 pounds, maybe 315 pounds, but he's not six foot three, 215. He's just not. And um, it was found out later that apparently his own staff actually was able to fill that portion of the document out. So people have posted. Other people who are in that realm of six foot three, two fifteen, and the comparison of them. First up, the New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who's six foot two and two hundred and twenty three pounds. They've placed the. You can find this thread up on uh, Twitter. They placed the two pictures next to each other. It's pretty clear that Donald Trump is not like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is relatively <laughs> in shape. He's in fairly good shape for his age. I mean, amazing mm-hmm. actually. Uh, the picture of Trump. The funny thing about the picture of Trump is if you see the picture of Trump next to, to Aaron Rodgers, take a look at the wristband of his watch. It literally looks like it's, you know, you know, 10 pounds of, of, of pork casing on 40 pounds of pork. I mean, it is not, it is, you are stress testing that, that, that wristband right there. I'm just going to let you know. Next up, uh, Derwin, uh, Derwin James. Uh, is that LA Chargers? Yes. Is LA Chargers. Uh, Derwin James, six foot two, two hundred fifteen pounds, so one inch slighter than him. He's got abs. Donald Trump does not have abs. Just FYI. Uh, next up, Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, I believe. Correct? Uh, with Cincinnati? Yes, that's yeah. right. Six foot four, so a little taller, two hundred fifteen pounds. No, that's that's not the same thing. Um, John Wall from the NBA, Washington. Um, uh, the, it's the Wizards. Yeah, he's well. He's played on a few teams, but that's beside the point. But he is an NBA player. Yes, six foot three, two hundred ten pounds. Not the same size as Donald Trump. Just FYI. And finally, uh, well, actually, two more here. Uh, shooting guard Eric Gordon with the Houston Rockets. He's six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds. Not the same body type. Not at all. And finally, the one that started this off, Rex Chapman. 
who is who looks great by the way. Six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds, looks very much in shape. Not Donald Trump. He's not. What do you? I mean, I'm going to just take a shot in the dark. I'm going to say he's at least three twenty, at least. Yeah, I haven't seen this thread, but that's kind of what some people were. You know, I think they think the six three is even a massive exaggeration. I think it's probably closer to five ten, maybe, or even a little shorter than that. With some of what I've seen, what will happen with him is that after he is gone. People will talk about there'll be there'll be a book where an entire chapter is 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 dedicated to him, absolutely refusing to allow anyone to see to ever know his height and weight, and someone's going to release it. So it's coming, Donnie. It's coming. And if you do get booked into prison, I think that they're not going to allow your assistant to fill out that form for you. So we'll know you're you're at the time of of entering a jail cell if that is ever what comes happens there. But. We'll have to see. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. By the way, things are not looking well for Donald Trump. This, I, When I say we are living in historic times, you've already had some of his co-conspirators in the RICO case in Georgia point their fingers squarely at Donald Trump and say, he's the one. He ordered us to do it. Three Georgia Republicans who falsely claim to be electors for Donald Trump are now charged alongside him in a sprawling racketeering indictment brought by the local prosecutors say they took the steps they did because Trump, then the sitting president, told them to. Once again, the Nuremberg defense, I was only following orders. In a series of court filings this week, those false electors who became part of Trump's last-ditch bid to subvert the 2020 election said that it was Trump and his campaign lawyers who urged them to sign the false documents, claiming they were necessary to preserve Trump's flailing court efforts to reverse his defeat to Joe Biden. So that's interesting. It sounds like to me there might have been some element of, 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 of questioning of should we be doing this? And the way that they convince them to do so is they say, well, if you don't sign this, then our court cases don't have a chance. And so they they went with it. It's interesting if that's actually true. That exhortation from Trump's campaign lawyer said they said it amounted to federal government permission to take the actions they did. Well, no, the, you can't break the law. They uh, uh, A federal official can't tell you to go murder someone. They just can't do that. And you can't point and say, well, they told me to. So you can't you can't go down that path. I'll come back to this in a second. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Matt is in Minneapolis. Welcome on in, Matt. Hey, Matt. I I hope your uh, recovery is is uh, is almost finished and that you're feeling almost 100%. Oh, thank you very right much. Now. It is it's it's well, not 100%. I'm about 70, maybe 65-70, but thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've definitely been thinking of you. Um you, you know, I, I'm with you 100% about being angry about this because, you know what, like, Biden is doing a damn good job at what he's doing. And he's just like, you know, it, it, he's, he's, he's just so steady and has his nose to the wheel. And he's not, sit, like, sitting up and going like, hey, look at me, look at me, and whatnot. And, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I get it. Like, folks want universal health care and everything but you got to put the people in the adults in to govern and right now like like we're we 
we're going to have to recover for like 20 to 50 years for what Trump did. Exactly. Ridiculous. You know, that third Supreme Court justice, it, it, you cannot you cannot just sit back on any election. And the, the reality is this. Hey, I, and, and by the way, Matt, I hope this comes across. I don't have anyone problem saying, saying hey, Joe Biden's not my first choice, but if he's the nominee, I'll vote for him. Have no problem with that. But it's this, you, we were robbed, this was forced, why aren't we getting rid of him and getting someone else? I'm like, my God, what is wrong with you people? I, I, I am going to say, I, I have met Joe Biden twice. Wow! I met, him, I met him the first time that I met him was in the train station in Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> and he was behind me, and I was buying a Coke and a sandwich at the store there, and he pulled up behind me. I had, I, I was... 18 years old. I had no idea who the guy was. And the store clerk says, hey, do you know who that was? And I said, no. He was like, that was Joe Biden. i got to tell you, he was one of the kindest, nicest people that I've ever met. And granted, yes, that's like a quick tidbit of just meeting somebody, but he was very kind and very thoughtful and considerate. You know, asked me how I was doing, shook my hand, wished me well. For the rest of you know the rest of the day, and I, I got to tell you, the guy the guy is a genuinely caring person, not like this crazy orange stain that we we're trying to clean up from. Hey, Matt, I, 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 Matt I, I thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the nice words. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, he does seem like I mean I'll never forget, and I still tear up every time I see the. The, the the receiving line where the the one child is like, but I wanted to meet him, and and you know Biden turns around and takes the time and goes back and sees him. I mean that one, you, you know, that that one just gets me every time. He is he seems like a very nice guy. He seems to love this country. He seems to be trying to do his best. But all that aside, he's put his money where his mouth is. His results in his term, warrant him to be the nominee if he wants to be. And if he wants to be, I'll gladly vote for him. I would say this, the thing that scares me is no matter who the Democratic nominee is, I think there's going to be, especially if it looks like it's going to be a landslide against Trump, I think that there is going to be, you look at that lunatic fringe on the far right, I think that there's going to be an attempt to take out whoever the nominee is because if they, they feel that's the only way that they can basically win, I'm sorry. These people are detached from reality. They absolutely are. That's what scares me most of all. I'll vote for whoever the Democratic Party puts forward, but if there's a primary and I won't – until there's a primary, I don't feel like I'm violating. You know, I have a rule that basically says if there's primaries or contests, I generally don't chime in. Because I don't feel it's my job to tell you who to vote for. I don't. But I'm voting for Joe Biden. Because until I have a reason not to, the guy's delivered. So, But if you want to run someone else, I'll evaluate it at that point. I'll keep my mouth shut as long as there is a primary going on. And no, Kennedy and Marianne, no, they don't count. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So let's get back to the story here about the three other co-conspirators in the RICO case. They've all said, and once again, I'm going to read this, this paragraph to you. In a series of court filings this week, those false electors who became part of Trump's last-ditch bid to subvert the 2022 election, 2020 election said, 
it was Trump and his campaign lawyers who urged them to sign the false documents, uh, claiming they were necessary to preserve Trump's flailing court efforts to reverse his defeat to Joe Biden. That exhortation from the Trump's campaign lawyers, they said, amounted to federal government permission to take the actions they did. They just undermined their own argument, though. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? There was a word that I repeated twice in there, campaign. These were his campaign lawyers, not his White House lawyers. Well, first of all, he's not. they're not military people. So they don't have any authority. There is nothing, even in the Republican Party mantra, there is nothing that says the president of the United States can, to, can, can order you to get naked and have sex with him, and you have to do that. You have no say in the matter. Nope, there's nothing like that. But that being said, they're freely admitting this wasn't the White House people. This was his campaign people. The campaign operates outside the White House. Now, he tried to blur those lines, but that's a pretty strict line. These guys aren't going to be able – they're not going to be able to Nuremberg defense their way out of this. They're just not going to. The three false electors making the argument are David Schaefer, a former state GOP chair, Sean Still, now a state senator, and Kathleen Latham, a local GOP official. Latham was the one that let them into that one county's election to inspect the, the uh, voting machines. Mr. Still, as a presidential elector, was also acting at the discretion of the incumbent president of the United States – an attorney for Still argued Thursday in a court filing seeking to transfer the case against him to federal court. The president's attorneys instructed Mr. Still and other contingent electors that they had to meet and cast their ballots on December 14th. And once again, part of the problem here is that they have a responsibility to do their own due diligence and see if I'm doing this legally. And none of them seem to have done that. Latham similarly argued she was acting at the direction of the president of the United States by saying their campaign, his campaign lawyers told him to do it, which is different. And Schaefer, in a similar petition seeking to move the Fulton County case to federal court, contended that he and the other Republican electors in the 2020 election acted at the discretion of the incumbent president and other federal officials. The filings underscore the strains and tensions likely to emerge as Trump and his 18 co-defendants march towards trial. The three Republican activists say they should effectively be immune from the state prosecution because they believe they were carrying out a federal function with the blessing of the incumbent president and the, his, his troop of lawyers. Now they stand charged with the racketeering, forgery, and other crimes relegated to their decision to falsely claim to be a legitimate presidential elector. And this is what we had, we had Stein on on Wednesday. Your argument is – that this wasn't a, this was a federal election. The problem is the federal election for your argument. The problem for your argument is the federal election is actually a bunch of state elections, and so this is a state election, and these are state charges, and there are no charges that match up on the federal level, and there aren't level. You know, it, there isn't a federal law that says Georgia law is this. No, they're not going to be able to successfully argue this. And once again, they themselves admit. This was his campaign lawyer, campaign lawyer. That's not the White House lawyer. 952, and and by the way, too, someone also pointed this out. If he hasn't been paying his lawyers, then there might be an argument that can be made there that, well, he wasn't their arguers. These were just people that were associated with his campaign telling them to do things, and henceforth, they really have no argument. But it's it's not going to be the case. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950.
AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Back to what I was talking about. Like I said, once again, you've got three of these, in, you know, co-conspirators who, in an effort to try to get their court cases moved to federal court, which will likely not happen, they're already throwing Trump under the bus saying he ordered us to do this. Throw the con- Trump's campaign's attorneys told many of them the effort was necessary to preserve Trump's chances to prevail in the ongoing legal challenges. Trump eventually used the existence of these illegal, uh, illegitimate st- uh, slates of electors to provoke a controversy on January 6th, pressuring then-Vice President Mike Pence to recognize and count the unofficial electoral votes instead of Biden's. Prosecutors in those states in Washington, D.C. have scrutinized the false electors in numerous criminal probes. Michigan, they basically just filed argue, uh, uh, charges against all 16 of them who were recently charged with felonies. By the way, one of the things I love about Michigan is it's very clear that the electors have to be elected at the state capitol. These guys did it in the Michigan Republican basement, and that's so they violated the law just with that alone. They're, they're going to go to jail over there. The three co-defendants' arguments are part of an effort to pluck their cases out of the state courts and instead have their legal fate decided by a federal judge in a northern district of Georgia. They contend that because Trump effectively instructed them to cast the ballots based on part of the legal advice from the campaign and party lawyers, they were acting with the uh, imper- uh, with the federal and they were acting with the authority of the federal government. That entitles them to immunity from state prosecution under Constitution Supremacy Clause. They say the problem was is that they were violating state laws when they did it. And they can argue all day long, well, this was part of the federal election, but it was the state electoral votes that they were violating and the state election revolts they were, uh, uh, results they were violating. I have – I mean unless the legal system is once again so absolutely corrupted that it just is there's no way in the world you'll ever hold a Republican accountable and there's no way in the world – I mean they're trying to hold Joe Biden accountable for Hunter Biden. They can't even find any evidence of it. So I guess there's that hope. This should get laughed at and thrown back into state court because it all has to do with – they're not overreaching here. This has to do with the Georgia election, the Georgia electors, and the results from that campaign in Georgia, not on the federal level. And, and they are smart when they filed this RICO case because they didn't really include anything from the federal level in their argument. That's This is all an argument from them. If this does get thrown up to federal court, I want to make sure we are – I go back to the first hour and say, for goodness sakes, just get over yourself and vote Democrat every election for the next 20 years because the only way you're going to fix this problem with the, with the stocked uh, judiciary in the, on, the, on, the, on the Republican side is to basically make sure that whenever – anytime any of these guys retires, a Democratic justice is, is replaced them. That's the only way you're going to solve that problem. But that being said, it is – I find it highly unlikely. I mean, highly unlikely that this will happen. And and when that does happen, when that does happen, when they kick it back to the state courts and they say, nope, this is going to stay in the state courts and you have an appeal process, that's what you can use that for. My gut feeling is that will be the floodgates. And of the 18 people that are charged here with Trump, um, and by the way, if you've seen all the defendants. It is just that is a lovely. That's a gift set right there. That is a, that is a gift set. All, all the 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 the, uh, <laughs> the mug shots, I, especially. Remember that guy we were talking about the the guy that went out there and harassed the poll workers in Georgia, and told them that basically you'd better tell, talk and say that this would have been corruption. He's wearing his priest collar in his. <laughs> oh padre. 
Good luck with that. Um, Mark Meadows is going to flip. Mark Meadows already flipped, it sounds like, on the federal level. Um, I got to believe at least maybe all but one of the Georgia officials will flip on him. Will flip and take a deal. Because, you know, it's it's going to be on them. If you flip and take a deal, and by the way, you flip and take a deal, you're taking that deal. Uh, that's you're going to you're probably going to have to look at some jail time. It's fine. Maybe maybe they don't see any jail time. Maybe if they are willing to testify in court against the other defendants, then they will they'll waive all the jail time. But I got to look at when I look at this clown car brigade in Georgia and all these mugshots. I see a lot of I see a lot of stool pigeons. <laughs> I see a, I see a lot of stool pigeons. And I think a lot of people are going to be screaming as quickly as they can because they do not want to go to prison. Not in Atlanta. Not in Fulton County. Oh, God. They're terrified of that option. Oh, God. I mean, I mean, seriously, how many of them will flip? Well, I mean, how many do they need to flip? I mean, if Meadows flips, which I really do actually believe will happen, because he was the first guy to suggest this needs to go to federal court. If, if Meadows flips then you, you've got someone who can testify to the top of the, the, the inner circle of, of Trump in the campaign. So how many more does they, do they need of the state officials? Five or six? I know the one woman who, um, who for some reason, her, her mugshot look, makes her look albino. Um, I know that she is they, – they want her, that she's the one that basically already lied under oath and I think she's got the she's got the third most amount of charges against her than everyone else. So I don't think they're going to let her plead because she was the one that let them into the, the this company in under false pretenses to look at the voting machines. And so yeah, she and she's already caught lying under oath. I think they want her. I think there's a few other people they want. Giuliani. I think they want Jenna Ellis. I think they want uh, the Kraken over there, Sidney Powell. I think they want Eastman. Oh God, I think they want Eastman. Um, yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, what you're going to see is a few of the lesser people will take out the rest of them. And that's how you, and that's how you prosecute a RICO case. Uh, I do want to make sure we understand though, that what you're hearing from Republicans right now and what we've heard in the last week or so, it should remind you of why every election matters. And I'll take down two stories. I'll combine them together. I also have got Fallout Boy for some music at the end of the show. So uh, make sure you stay with us through the end of the hour. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Got the whirl in the first try today, by the way. Feeling pretty good about that. I would love to be able to give you a hint, but I'll just I'll I'll tell you what I'll I'll give you this little suggestion. All right, my word has an O, an A, and an E in it. That's been my start word. The word can be rearranged into two separate words. About six months ago, the first word I used was the word of the day, so I've actually got that on the first time. So I then I just changed up the order of the letters to the other word, and it worked. But an O and A and E are in there. 
That's all I'm going to say. Good luck. I didn't know people were still playing Wordle. What? <laughs> it's not as exciting. It's not nearly as 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 knee deep as it was before. But it's it's yeah. It's it's. I still enjoy it quite a bit. I, I but I like that's my kind of vibe, man. I, I like word games. I like crossword puzzles. Wordle. I do Sudoku. I know, nerd, nerd. But I do that stuff. I do. It keeps my mind fresh. <laughs> I've been working on the Cletus laugh. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Sharp mind. <laughs> nine five two nine four. McNeil. Oh God, no, no, not you, Adina. Indeed. How dare you? You defile us with your angry little diatribes. <laughs> Stop it. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. So a, a few weeks ago we had, I think a week ago, a little more than a week ago, we had that election, that special election in Ohio, where they're trying to change to where to amend the constitution. You needed sixty percent of the vote as opposed to fifty percent plus one on the vote of the the, the people that voted. So um, they 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 basically they voted that down because there's a big movement in Ohio to enshrine abortion rights into the state constitution. And the Republicans are frantically trying to figure out some way to stop that. Well, now the other shoe has dropped. They can't stop the constitutional amendment. They can't force it to be a 60% thing. So they're trying to make it as confusing as possible. Republicans in Ohio are still trying to pass their anti-choice agenda even after voters in the state successfully thwarted their ballot initiative earlier this month. That would have made it harder to pass pro-choice constitutional amendment in the fall. In November, voters will consider a ballot initiative that seeks to enshrine abortion rights and other reproductive freedoms into Ohio's constitution. But the five-member Ohio uh, ballot board, led by an anti-choice advocate and Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, on Thursday approved anti-choice language to be used in the initiative, which may – with with the intent – let's not may. It's with the intent of trying to confuse voters. I mean that's that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to confuse the the, the voters there with this this new language that they're trying to put in there. Um, the approval summary language uses unborn child instead of fetus. It does not include any language about the right to make decisions about miscarriages, fertility treatments, or contraception, even though that's a significant part of the proposed amendment. The proposed summary language is also longer than the original supplied by the pro-choice organization behind the narrative, meaning the board can't argue it needed to trim the summary and would appear on ballots. Below, uh, they, they basically included some screenshots in the story, this was on the Huffington Post here. The amendment provides that every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own protective decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage, care, and abortion. The state shall not um, directly or indirectly burden, penalize. This is all on one ballot initiative. The state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either an individual's involuntary exercise. Right? It, it, it's all wordy, as you kind of get the idea here. They're trying to make, make this um, as, as, as difficult as uh, you know um, it would do. So it, it's 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 nuts. Um, so and, and so and so that's the original language. Here's the, the constitutional. This is what they're try, trying to put in there. Establish the constitution of the state of Ohio and an individual right to one's own reproductive medical treatment, including to, but not limited to abortion. 
uh, create legal protection. So basically, they're, they've changed the language to where they could come back and try to argue, well, that wasn't approved on the constitutional amendment. Create legal protections for any person or entity that assists a person with receiving a reproductive medical assistance, including but not limited to abortion. Uh, prohibit the citizens of the state of Ohio from directly or indirectly burdening, penalizing, or prohibiting abortion before an unborn child is determined to be viable unless the state demonstrates that it has the, it has, it's using the least restrictive means. Grant pregnant women's treatment physician the authority to determine it on case-by-case basis whether an unborn child is viable. So you're not letting you know white Republican men make that decision. Only allow the citizens of the state of Ohio to prohibit abortion after an unborn child is determined uh, by a pregnant woman's treating physician's to be viable, uh, always allow an unborn child to be uh, aborted at any stage of pregnancy, regardless of uh, viability and the treating physician's de- de- determination. So basically, they're trying to they're writing it from a right wing website point of view. So you kind of get the idea that this is this is their their newest thing to to try to basically make it seem like this is doing something other than basically enshrining abortion rights in Ohio law. Having worked extensively on drafting this, I do believe it's fair and accurate, said LaRose, of course, because – and like I said, he clearly just copied this off of some far right-wing website. Troy's choice advocates are calling the language intentionally vague and misleading. Secretary of State Frank LaRose today exploited the Ohio ballot board process in a last-ditch effort to receive and confuse Ohio voters ahead of the November vote on reproductive freedom. Now, I want to remind people of something that we had to deal with here back in 2012, which was the anti-gay marriage amendment. Which basically, they, they the Republicans did the most they could to try to confuse you on what you had to do. That they, they that their argument was they that it was the anti-gay marriage amendment, and and they said you you had to vote yes, you had to vote no. That was the the thing. And in Minnesota, we had a very successful campaign to inform people that no, you should not vote for this. You should be voting against this. And that's just that. And so they, they they basically, you know, we overturned it. You're just going to have to get out there and be in front of this and vote no or vote yes. That's whatever the thing is. Obviously, in this case in Ohio, it's a vote yes. But that's that's the message. You just basically get away from the language. Once it's on the ballot, vote vote yes on this issue. And it's 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 what's amazing is this is Republicans on one side because because they know that the this issue abortion other issues are killing them in regards to appealing to young voters generation z particularly so they're like hey i don't know where you get the idea we're 100% against abortion ha <laughs> that's crazy talk and then they try to do all this stuff that they can to basically kill any bills from happening. So it, it's it, I, my guess is in Ohio, this is going to pass and pass by a landslide. And then the Republicans are just going to be like, eh, blah, blah. but you see, is once again, they've set up the language here. The Republicans actually put a poison pill in the language. Even if it does get approved, what's going to happen is you're going to say, well, I, it doesn't clearly say fertility drugs. Well, that should have been in the bill. Well, that's because you changed it. So that's you know I, I'm going to get the impression that that is going to be something where where even if this passes by a landslide they're going to sit there and and try to argue it didn't really get passed. Now on the other side of it, the Republicans had a pretty rough moment in that debate from earlier this week 
About 20 minutes into the Wednesday Republican nominee, Fox News anchors turn things over to a college student with a pertinent question. Polls consistently show that young people number one issue is climate change, said Alexander Diaz, the chair of Young Americans for Freedom in the Catholic University of America. How will you, so this is already a plant student, but he's even saying, no, it's, it reminds me of college kids, the college Republicans back in 2015, 2016, telling Republicans, for goodness sakes, get away, or it was a 2018, it was 2018, get away from anti-gay rhetoric. The LGBTQ rights for young kids is they, they don't care. They're all for them. You're just basically turning yourself off. And the Republicans said, we'll show you. And, and that's where they're at today. They're still out there with the, the drag queen bans and anti-transgender legislation. So this, this, is, this is kind of similar. Here is a college student from the Catholic University of America saying, hey, number one issue for young voters is climate change. How will you, as both president of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm the fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? Well, it doesn't go as you would you would you would expect. Um, it, it, Fox News itself had been no slouch in the decade spanning the right wing mission to downplay the effects of this. Yet before Diaz's question, moderators Brett Baer and Martha McCollum pointed to the historic weather disasters unfolding across the country, the Maui wildfires, the tropical storm Hillary, the Florida Coast hot tub ocean temperatures where they were over 100 degrees, the record-breaking southwestern heat waves, noted that other links to human impacts and even closed out Diaz's question with one of the most pointed gestures of the night, asking each candidate to raise their hand and demonstrate their belief that the climate change was indeed changing thanks to human action. Um, so in th- th- there were... You know, obviously, this is a a question that young voters particularly are paying close attention to. Uh, It didn't go well. Raise your hand if you agree humans are causing climate change. Um, The basically during the administration, not well. Obviously, this is a party that's based still through all of Donald Trump, who gutted environmental regulations during his administration, and has declared his intent to further that project should he win in twenty twenty four. Um, basically likely in part by complaining about water-efficient showerheads. A request for the quick gesture devolved into a malay of incoherent braying. DeSantis interrupted his hand-raising exercise. DeSantis did not have a good debate. To say that they should get to debate the issue instead. Then he went off on a misleading rant about Joe Biden's Maui response. Um, Everything got worse when then Vivek Ramaswamy jumped in with the absolute humdinger, I'm the only person on the stage who is in bought and paid for, so I can say this, climate change agenda is a hoax. Wildly enough, the and by the way, you have to see this. You, you know how they have people with a dial during these debates now? And that when they say something positive, you turn it to, to, to the left, and they say something negative, you turn it to the right, and you can keep track of their how they feel about something? When Vivek Ramaswamy said this, Everyone who was watching went down. The women, independent women, dropped off the charts. So I guarantee you this is probably the last time the Republican Party is going to publicly talk about climate change because it's an issue for them which is killing them in regards to appealing to a larger base. How bad was it for Vivek Ramaswamy when he did this? The in-house viewers booed him. The in-house viewers, if the the pro-Republican party people in the Milwaukee booed him for this statement. 
Polling firm Navigator found that his approval rating among independent women voters dropped sharply as he continued to ranting about anti-carbon agenda and attributed human casualties to bad climate change policies. This also fueled a heated personal squabble with Christie in an early manifestation of the candidate's deep contempt for the fast-talking newcomer who tauntingly brought up the Christie-Obama hug that followed Superstorm Sandy. So, yeah, heaven forbid... You know, you as a, a governor of a state welcome in the president when a natural disaster has wiped out a portion of your state. Then Nikki Haley responded in a relatively thoughtful manner. No, not really. We do care about clean air, clean water. We want to see it taken care of. She declared, is the climate change real? Yes, it is. But if you want to go and really change the environment and you start telling China and India that they have to lower their emissions, whatever, uh, whatever you make of that line, uh, it may be the most reasonable thing a Republican debater said about the issue. Again, once again, low bar. Um, Okay, so really quick about that. That is the Republicans' response to do nothing, is to say, well, until China and India go to all solar power and wind power, we cannot do it at all. Now, mind you, if China and India did all go to solar and wind power, we would be screwed because not only would we be – you know, basically way behind the curve on this, that most of the solar power and wind power equipment would then be coming from India and China and would completely undermine the American solar panel and, and wind farm. So we basically, we, we have the opportunity to be on the front end. But regardless, it's not a, you know, it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where the United States could do a lot here really quick to deal with climate change by themselves getting off fossil fuels which is something that the Republican Party doesn't want to do. So they basically create this false standard. Well, until everybody in China doesn't use any fossil fuels ever again, then we cannot do it. Huh. That. Tusha. <laughs> the Republican Party is absolutely killing. Guys, I'm going to go back to what my, my angry hour, my four, my three o'clock hour. If you didn't hear him, the Matt McNeil three o'clock hour angry fest, go back and listen to it on the podcast. We have far more than your personal feelings on the line here in regards to what the heck is going on in this country. Ohio, they're basically doing everything in their power to take away women's rights. And you know, push their their rights back to the 1880s. On the Republican debate stage, they as half the country is suffering, as we've had bizarre, smoke filled days in Minnesota. You you you, they, it's clear climate change is real. They just don't even want to acknowledge it is, or have created an unachievable standard before they would even think about dealing with it. The young people of today, I have talked about my kids. My kids are twenty, going to be 22, um, going to be uh, – are 19 and uh, are, are currently uh, 16 years old. And my kids are all the same way that how dare these people take away our rights and take away our freedoms and screw over this planet for a, a handful of wealthy people. And they are done with it. 
and the reality is is that this is an opportunity the real opportunity for the republican or for for the, excuse me for the democrats the real opportunity for the democrats is that you can do nationally what we did here in minnesota and have democrats from a wide range of mentalities come together the moderates i mean we want to make sure they're all democrats not like joe manchin but the moderates the centrists the wellstonians all of them can come together and make some real change because you have a foundation for Democratic votes which hasn't existed in probably since the 60s. And and they just keep getting more and more blue. As these kids get older and older, they're just getting more and more blue. So instead of sitting there and saying, we need to force anyone down there, that's what you need to do. And you do that by basically saying, we're going to protect the climate. We're going to do everything in our, in our power to basically get rid of fossil fuels. We're going to make sure women's rights are enshrined in the, the U.S. Constitution. That's how you do it. We're going to get health care for everybody. Single payer, health care for all. That's how you do it. Dramatically decrease the cost of college. So people can get a higher degree of education and then get into those job markets and do it. That's how you do it. It's not about one person or being the nominee. It's about winning consistently. And until you guys understand that and you realize what's at stake if Trump does win, if you realize, if you truly do realize what really is at stake here in this next upcoming election in 2024, then you would you would right now it's like, you know, any Democrat. That would be the sign in your front yard. Any Democrat. And maybe I should make, maybe we should make some of those signs. Any Democrat. I'm voting for any Democrat. Done. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Some music to get into the weekend when I'm coming back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. Yeah, and once again, and hey, why do I have zero tolerance for this? Dude, man, like I said, and I've said this the whole thing. Have you seen Trump? The only thing Trump has learned is that he, if he didn't have Mike Pence, he would probably be the president of the United States right now. And that's, that's the craziest part of this whole damn thing. It's the craziest part is that if not for Mike Pence basically saying this, that they would have they would have probably said, well, we'll take the fake electors and then all of a sudden there's conflict and then it goes to the Supreme Court. And then, yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And so don't fool yourself. Donald Trump has learned his lesson that he needs to have someone who's going to walk in there and every legitimate election in Minnesota, the Minnesota election happens. We send our delegates and our electors and the Democrats win the state and they're going to say, we're not going to accept them because we feel there was wrongdoing because the Democrat won because we all know that the Democrat couldn't have won any state. And that's what they're going to do and they're going to steal the election. So you can't basically, we cannot sit this one out or anyone out. And plus the fact that you get all the vibe, you see exactly where the Republicans are going on abortion and environment and health care and taxes for the wealthy. You can see where the game plan is. That's why vote any Democrat. I probably will. You're running for the DFL. I'm voting for you. And that's the only thing you need to be saying right now. And stop with this trying to, to, to stir up hate. 
Uh, Native Roots Radio, that's coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. We are going to be off. On, well, I'm going to go off the, to the State Fair this weekend. I want you to go have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Uh, be back here on Monday. Fallout Boy. Uh, they, this is the uh, we didn't start the fire thing that they did. We are going to be back, like I said, on Monday. Have a great weekend. Till then, see ya.